What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Andrew. We've got Brandon here with me, like always. What's up? And thank you for checking out our views on the sidelines. I got to start off with some sad news real quick. So breaking news. We have Vince Coley that passed away. He was a Dodgers announcer for many, 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 many years. He's an icon in L.A. Um, and he will be missed. I mean, he's if you are a Dodger fan, you obviously know who Vince Coley is. You understand his trademark catchphrase. Um, the time for Dodgers baseball, everybody knows what that is. And the fact that, sadly, I mean, not sadly, I mean, he lived a good life. He's seen a lot of Dodger wins. He's a lot of World Series, a lot of great games. Um, Kind of glad that he f- saw the last one in 2020. Uh, But Vince Scully will be missed, very much so. Um, on that note, um, we have a lot to actually cover today. There's actually a lot that I left out. Um, we're not going to talk about Deshaun Watson. Um, I just feel like he got six games suspended, but I don't really want to talk about that. It is what it is. Yeah, it's not really much to cover. Like, uh, you know, he got six. Going on anyways. Yeah, he got six games. I mean, I don't even know if it's enough, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, doesn't matter what anyone says anymore. Exactly. Debo Samuel's got his contract. Um, it was it was coming. They needed they need him, so they're gonna pay him. Uh, but, um, Brandon, let's see what's what's first, buddy. Well, we've got also to mention that we lost Bill Russell as well. Yes, Bill Russell. Uh, Bill Russell at eighty eight, I believe, right? Yeah, eighty eight years old. Um, he's an icon too in the NBA. Um, you're talking about. If you're talking about champions, you gotta put his name up there. Um, he has eleven titles. Yeah, eleven titles, uh, nine as a player, two as a coach. Um just one of the most iconic players and one of those mythical players when you talk about it. Um and let's not let's take basketball out of this real quick, because what he's really, really known for is his stuff off the court. What he had to go through in Boston at that time. I mean, we kind of understand that Boston is a, don't really want to say it, but they're kind of a racist little city, if you want to think about it. Um, they're the last They're the last city to integrate their teams. Um, at least the Boston Red Sox were. Um, and, you know, and they just, they have that backbone of, Kind of a racist tone. I mean, him playing in Boston, even though he was winning all those championships. You're talking about eight titles in a row, mind you. Like, there's eight years straight him winning titles. And the fact that they still went to his house, broke into his house, they they took a shit on his bed and, you know, wrote profanity all over his walls and stuff in his house and... The fact that he dealt with that year in, year out, winning championships, winning the city championships, and got him to where they're at right now as a historical franchise. Yeah, he endured that. So he's gonna be missed. He was loved, he was beloved by a lot of players, a lot of everybody around the NBA, and 
every sports fan knows who he, who he is. Um, but uh, Bill Russell at 88, he's going to be missed. Um, I'm glad they named the NBA Finals MVP trophy after him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's all I really got for Bill Russell right now, man. It's kind of sad day. Yeah, a lot of loss. A lot of loss. A lot of loss, but. Let's be on the lighter note, buddy. Let's go, buddy. Don't get too sad. Yeah. Let's talk about the top NFL teams this coming season. Top NFL teams, man. Um, this season is going to be really interesting because there's been a, a lot of moves and a lot of things that are – a lot of things are going to be looking different for a lot of different teams. And a lot of teams that aren't supposed to be good actually might turn around and actually be kind of good. Um, obviously, the Deshaun Watson issue with the Browns – you know, with him getting six games, it kind of it kind of leaves the Browns in an area where they kind of have to stay afloat for six weeks. Yeah, and then after that, the Browns can actually be really good with Deshaun Watson there at least. So, so I think the first one. Let's go over the NFC real quick, and I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you my top. The top teams from the bottom to the top, right? So the worst team in that conference, I believe, is going to be the Giants. They just suck. They're on their like fourth year and five. They're on their fourth coach in five years. They just suck. All right. After them is going to be the Seahawks at fifteen. Seahawks just don't have a quarterback. Um, they got Drew Lock there. They just they're just all types of messed up up there. The Commanders. They can't get a name right, so they're just going to suck. <laughs> uh, the Falcons, to me, so they're going to be my 13th, 13th best team in the NFC. Uh, the Falcons, to me, are kind of like that team. It's kind of like they're they're not so terrible, but they're missing some players. Like Calvin Ridley, he's going to be suspended for the year for betting on his own games. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so he was betting on his games, and, you know, he he got busted for that and stuff, right? So, Falcons are just kind of a mess. Uh, The Bears, I don't know if they're going to take that jump. So, I got the Bears at 12. The Lions at 11. Uh, I think the Lions aren't that bad. They actually have Jared Goff's actually playing okay. You know, he's still Jared Goff, but, you know, he's not terrible. But let's go in this top 10 of the NFC. So at number 10, I got the Vikings. The Vikings are always been that team that's kind of like a, they could kind of mess it up for everybody else. Um, You know, Kirk Cousins always putting up yards, always putting up the, you know, his stats. He could win a game. If you throw, if you have a shootout against him, he could win a game. Like he's capable of that. And then also you got Jerry Judy there. Uh, the defense isn't terrible. They kind of fly around. They're young still. And obviously, you still have Dalvin Cook. So, I feel like they're going to be a good, they're going to be a decent team. They're going to mess up some things. At number nine, I got Carolina. Now, I don't think, it depends on who starts. If Sam Darnold starts the year off with Carolina, they're going to suck. 
All right, they're going to lose their first five games, then Baker Mayfield comes in, and then maybe they turn around. But if Baker ends up starting, I have a good sense, I have a good feeling about that team. You know, they made some adjustments on that O-line. Uh, they got DJ Moore still. They got Christian McCaffrey, if he could stay healthy. Uh, and I just think Baker Mayfield's a better upgrade than Sam Darnold is. Now, neither one of them are that good, but I think it's like, I think he's better than what he's got. I think it's like, you know, comparing a bologna sandwich to like a ham sandwich. Bologna's fire, though. Yeah, bologna is fire. Don't get me wrong. Bologna is fire. But like, you know, some people want Don't ham. Don't bologna, bro. I'm going to disrespect bologna. Bologna's mad fire. All right. He, would, he wouldn't eat bologna. Bologna's fire. That's all I got to say. Anyways. I'm gonna add, by he, I was talking about my BC Joey. He's over there in the corner. Would you eat bologna? He hates bologna, that's why. All right, anyways. At number eight, I got the Eagles. Uh, The Eagles aren't that bad. Um, Jalen Hurts isn't, I don't believe he's the, uh, I don't think he's taking that step yet to be, he has some accuracy issues. He has some um, completion issues to actually work on. But the team around him isn't bad. They have a great receiving core with uh, Devontae Smith, and then they also brought in A.J. Brown. Uh, defense there has always been really good. Um, so I just, I think if Jalen Hurts could actually make his developments this year, I think they could be really dangerous. Uh, let's go with number seven. Oh, no, my own Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I got him at seven. Um, I think I pre-made this before I found out there were some injuries in training camp already. So, but I still feel comfortable at them at seven. Um, obviously, the defense, I believe, is still going to be where it's at, like kind of like last year. I feel like they're still going to lead the team, the league in uh, turnovers. Obviously, we got Michael Parsa there. We got, um, that was his name. My corner. What is his name? Why am I blanking? I'm terrible. Diggs. Diggs, Diggs, Diggs. There you go. We got our corner Diggs. Um, but the offense is kind of like in questions just just because of the fact that um, receiver-wise, we're kind of thin. We only have C.D. Lamb. Um, Michael Gallup's not in yet. He's still going to be hurt. Uh, but we do have Noah Brown still. We got, the, we got a couple other kids that we picked up. James Washington's the one that got hurt. Um, he's supposed to be out for six to ten weeks. Uh, but I don't know. I still feel comfortable with Dallas at seven. So number six, I got Arizona. Uh, Arizona to me, I feel like they're still dangerous regardless of what's going on with Kyler Murray. Uh, I feel like Kyler's going to be on a mission this year to kind of show the organization like, yo, like you're not going to disrespect me that way. Mm -hmm. And, that's how, um, and I feel like he's a step up his game even more. Um, the defense obviously is always been great there in Arizona. Um, so yeah, so I got Arizona at six and at number five, I actually have the 49ers. Um, I feel like Trey Lance kind of takes that offense to another level, uh, just cause of the fact that he's more mobile than what Jimmy G was. Um, I feel like Kyle Shanahan with that 
with his run scheme, with his run scheme uh, ideas and his creativeness running the ball, I feel like it, it'll give Jay, um, I just said Trey Lance, uh, opportunity to actually showcase his skills. And then obviously we already know the uh, the Niners defense has always been top notch. They kind of focus on that. So I think well rounded. They're really balanced out and really great. Number four, I got the Packers. Um, obviously, that's that's our good old buddy Roberts team. Uh, I got him as the fourth best team in the NFC. Um, obviously, without a shadow of doubt, Aaron Rodgers is still there. I mean, I'm not going to disrespect Aaron Rodgers. I feel like he could carry that team to the number four spot, but I think when it comes down to the playoffs, like... I don't think this one's going to be fault, his fault, but offensively-wise, they're kind of shorthanded. They don't have enough weapons for him to kind of, you know, help him out. He's going to kind of be by himself. You know, they're going to force him to try and make some plays, and he's not going to be able to do it. So, I have a good fe- I have a good feeling about the Packers this year, though. I feel like something's different. But I got him at number four for right now. Number three, and this is kind of surprising for people, but I got the Saints. I just feel like Michael Thomas is coming back. And for me, he's always been one of those top receivers in the league for me. Um, and James Winston's coming back. And I I feel like James Winston and, you know, Michael Thomas would be a great tandem together. You know, you're talking about a receiver who get the deep ball. You got a quarterback who loves with a big arm that loves throwing that deep ball. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like they're a match made in heaven. And the defense... For the Saints are always, always top-notch. They have been number one, number two defense in the league, number three, I believe, last year. or Yeah, number three and number four last year. So they've always had a top-notch defense. You know, they give Tom Brady fits. So I feel like if they could keep that level, if they don't have to put Jameis in situations where he has to win a game and he could kind of play with the lead, I feel like they have a great, great shot going deep. To the playoffs. The second best team in the NFC, I got the Bucks with Tom Brady. Kind of self-explanatory. You got Tom Brady there. Um, I feel like the addition with Julio Jones uh kind of gives solidify that receiver depth. You know, you have Julio Jones, you have Mike Evans, uh Chris Godwin. You know, you still got Leonard Fournette back there. At running back. Um, I believe you have Cameron Brait still at tight end. Um, and I just feel like they're really, they're just well round offensively wise. They're deep. They didn't, they are going to miss their center though for the first couple, for the first couple weeks. And that's a big deal for Tom Brady. Um, Cause he likes to have a clean pocket, meaning he doesn't like pressure right into his face. So I just feel like if the Bucks kind of show up that offensive line, I feel like they're going to be great going into the playoffs, going into big games. And the defense is always going to be great. I mean, they have a great defensive line. They got a great linebacker core. So I just, I think the defense is going to be totally fine. I think it's really going to be coming down to that offensive line for the Bucks, And the number one team in the NFC, I got the Rams. I mean, they're, def- they're the defending Super Bowl champs. Obviously, you still got the best player in the league with Aaron Donald. 
So that defense is kind of solidified now, especially with Bobby Wagner there. Um, I was with the offense. You know, you still have Cooper Cup. You still have Matthew Stafford, and I just feel like Sean McVay has that team just rolling. And I'm kind of excited to how this Rams team kind of looks. But so that's my NFC top teams right now. So we're gonna switch over to the AFC side real quick, and then I'm gonna get into my um. Let me get into my Super Bowl predictions after this, and I explain why. So I'm gonna I'm gonna speed through the bottom of this list real quick. So I got the Texans, Jags, Jets, Broncos as the four bottom, the bottom four in the league for the AFC. I think they just need a lot to work with. Um, the Broncos kind of surprising because they added Russell Wilson, so I have them at twelve, but. I just don't think that they're going to be that great. Um, you know, looking at what what they've done, they haven't really made any moves besides adding Russell Wilson. So I just don't think the Broncos are going to go anywhere, especially with the AFC right now because they're everybody in the AFC is deep. So I think they're just the odd man looking out. Um, at number 11, I got the Patriots. Um... I love Mac Jones. He's the quarterback there. Uh, I love him a lot. I mean, I think he's he's made some developments already. The defense is always kind of surefire because uh, Bill Belichick, you know, he, he's a great defensive coach. My only issue with the Patriots is kind of like I think Mac Jones kind of digresses a little bit just because of the fact that they don't have an offensive coordinator. So he's going to be hearing a lot of different voices in the in his helmet, like calling plays. And I feel like that's a cause of distraction for him. Uh, for number 10, I got the Steelers. I don't know what about Mike Tomlin and the Steelers team, but they always find a way to be good, regardless of whatever they have. Like they, Tom, Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. He's always been 500 or better. Um, so... I just feel like the Steelers are still going to be good. Their defense is still going to be solid. Uh, they still have a they have a quarterback issue. Like they don't know who they're going to start a quarterback. Whether it's going to be this rookie coming in that they just drafted, or it's going to be uh, Mitch Trubisky. Either one is kind of is kind of going to be terrible. Uh, but we just don't know. But they still have Najee Harris. I mean, that's a that's a plus for them, I guess. But I got to see those at 10. Uh, number nine, I got the Dolphins. Um, the Dolphins, to me, are kind of dangerous because they have a great, great weapons. Great receivers, great. They have a great balanced team all the way, all the way around. Uh, they have a great defensive on their... They have a great defense on their side as well. Uh, I feel like they're just young, flying around. I think their only problem is is how, how much has Tua... How much has Tua, uh, which is their quarterback, how much has he improved moving forward? That's the only issue. Uh, number eight is the Browns, kind of like I already said earlier. Um, if the Browns could kind of stay afloat for the first six games and it gives time for Deshaun Watson to come back, I feel like they're going to be great. They have a great team already, great uh, offensive line, you know, a solid defense. I feel like they're going to be good. But they just got to stay afloat just for Deshaun Watson to get back. 
Number seven, I got the Ravens. Um, the Ravens are always going to be great. They got a great defense. Um, their offensive, their offensive scheme is really great. I just don't know if, uh, if Deshaun, not Deshaun, uh, Lamar Jackson's going to take that step because he's already been an MVP, which is great, but he hasn't been able to actually push that to the next level, take this team far in the playoffs. He won a playoffs. He won a playoff game already, which is great. But now he needs to kind of get a string of games along to try to get them to the Super Bowl. Now I think he can win a Super Bowl, but I don't know if he's there yet. Uh, number six, I got the Titans. I think they're gonna take a step back. They're gonna get Derrick Henry back, which is great. Uh, he was hurt last season, uh, but they lost AJ Brown, which is a great. They lost AJ Brown and they lost Julio. So I think they're going to be hurting a little bit receiver-wise. And so now you're going to see if Tannehill could actually carry a team. Uh, But I'd still put them at six. I think they're better than the Ravens still. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, I don't really have any big plans for the Titans, but I just have them better than the Ravens. At number five, I got the Colts. Um, I feel like they had it really put together last year. And now they kind of replaced their one struggle point, which was their quarterback position, because they had Carson Wentz. They replaced him with uh, Matt Ryan. And so with me, Matt Ryan is way better than Carson Wentz. Um, And with Matt Ryan, with all these weapons he has around him, I feel like that team can kind of go far. So they're going to be scary coming up. I got them at number five, and they're going to be, they're going to kind of be the team that's kind of ruined it for people. In the playoffs, like they're gonna knock somebody out that's not supposed to be out, and you know it's, they're gonna be that underdog team per se. Oh, man, I'm not ready for this next one because I know who's gonna be talking smack about this. <laughs> Number four, I got the Raiders. All right, I already hear Alex in my head. Uh, at number four, I got Raiders. I feel like their team is really, really good, top to bottom. When you look at that roster head to toe, they're really great, especially adding Devontae Adams. Um, you know, they added, I believe, Chandler Jones. Yeah, they added Jones on the defensive side, and they just have some talent there on that, on that Raiders team. So I believe they're going to make a strong push in the playoffs. They're going to give some teams problems. Um. But I don't think they're better than the Chargers, who I have at number three. I think head-to-head, Justin Herbert's better than Derek Carr. And that's what it's going to come down to, especially in that division. That division, they have, you know, the Chargers, Raiders, Kansas City, and and the Broncos. The Broncos, I'm not worried about. It's the first three, you know, the Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders. And I feel like the Chargers are going to be the best team coming out of that bunch. But I don't think they're the best team. I got them as winning the division, but I don't have them as the best team, if that makes sense. Uh, At number two, I got Kansas City. And I think Pat Mahomes is kind of going to be on a, kind of like be, got to prove doubters wrong. Because obviously he lost, um, Tyreek Hill, 
And Tyreek Hill is a great, great receiver. He went to the Dolphins. But the thing about Patrick Mahomes is, it's like, okay, you don't have your safety valve now, so now you got to go try to win without him. Which kind of like, it's kind of bad on Patrick Mahomes because I don't think he deserves that because I think he's already proven the fact that he is a great quarterback, but I think he's going to be on that tip where he's going to try, okay, I'm going to show all my doubters wrong, and I'm going to go win this thing, which I think they can. But the Bills are the best team in the AFC. I feel like Josh Allen finally put it back together. He's got a full team. Von Miller's up there in Buffalo, and I think they just solidified that team. So I got the so I got the Bills as the number one team in the AFC. That's a lot. Yeah. You already took up 25 minutes just explaining that. Yeah, really? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> That's like the whole podcast already. What a guy. And then, well, now that you list off like 7,000 hours worth of teams. 32 teams, buddy. Playoff predictions. Okay, this is going to be simple. Super I'm Bowl predictions. Go, yeah, I'm only going to Super oh, Bowl predictions. Yeah, Super Bowl. Super Bowl predictions. Coming out of the AFC, I got the Bills. Just kind of like how I said earlier, um, I feel like Josh Allen and that Bills team kind of put it back together, kind of put everything together. Uh, I feel like John uh, Von Miller solidifies that defense, and they actually they actually make that push to get to the Super Bowl. For the NFC, this one's going to be a shock because no one's saying the Packers, but I got the Packers going to the Super Bowl. I think Aaron okay. Rodgers is going to be on a whole nother level because a lot of people have been taking shots at him. Swag. And he is going to be on a mission. So I got the Bills and Packers in the Super Bowl, but I got the Bills winning. Mm. I just think they're better than the Packers. I think... Just for Aaron Rodgers' legacy's sake, if he makes it to the Super Bowl, everybody's going to just stop talking about him. He's going to be fine. Yeah. He just needs to get back because he hasn't been back in forever. So that's his issue. But those are my Super Bowl positions, and those are my top NFL teams this season. I know it took a while. Yeah, you did. Yeah. We did have a question, a Q&A question, but oh, we probably won't even. I'm Actually, hungry. I need a wash. I know, I know. I, I'm going to answer real quick, though. But is dead. We should get food after this. I'm probably down. Yeah. Uh, but answering it real, real quick. I'm complaining like I got to go to bed late. What a guy. Yeah, you stay up to like 2 a.m. <laughs> you wake up at 3. I'm just hungry. I know. You're hangry? Nah, I'm just hungry. I get you. All right. But uh, the question was, I got it on top of my head. Oh, I remembered it? I do. Nice. I remember it right now. So the question that I got asked was, do I think um, Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension was enough or should he have gotten more? And I know I wasn't really going to talk about it, and I'm not going to get into detail. I think detail. people should just shut the fuck up, dude. Right. Like, now, what it, are you gonna, exactly like, exactly my point. Because it, it's like, it's like they, they complain about everything. Everyone complains about everything. I'm not saying I'm just, because, like, he didn't do something wrong. Saying, right. At the end of the day, you're still the dumbasses to go buy tickets to watch him play. You're still the dumbasses to spend money on the jerseys. Like, what are you going to complain about? You're right. Still going to be paying, like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. It's like whatever you complain about, just shut up. So here's the thing. So this is what the NFL and the community wanted. They wanted a third party person 
So they got a judge to overlook this entire case. So they got a judge to overlook this entire case, right? Like they wanted to. They wanted to. See, wasn't the judge the one that decided? Yes. That was the whole point because they didn't want the power being in the commissioner. Because the commissioners, he's had this situation he's a couple of all the BS from people. Yeah, because he's had this situation a couple of times and he's kind of botched them all. So they were like, okay, you know what? We're going to go to this third party. You tell me what you think and we'll go from there. Cool. The judge said six games. She said, you know what? And let it go. Exactly. I feel like this deserves six games and nothing's nonviolent about this. There is some abuse there, but it's nonviolent abuse. Dope. She said what she said. Let now, if you make the decision and you'd be like, you know what? No, I'm going to add two more games on top of this. You just made yourself look bad because now you just ruined her credibility. Yep. So that's my thing. I don't, I think six games is enough. And let it go. And let it go. Everyone shut up. It is what it is. I'm tired of it. This is what you wanted. So do with what you want. They won't be complaining when he's out here fucking running yards and killing and shit. Exactly. So. And then. Shut up. Let's play devil advocate real quick. The issue is. Um, oh, everyone's like, oh, how did that do gambling? Got, got a year. Yeah. Right. Like, like, that's one of the things he, he fucked up. Hence yeah, why he went to a third party. You're, yeah. Well, so, no. Yeah. But. Right, that one's kind of like it's different situation. Like that one's not a third party situation because no, I know, but no, what I'm saying that's something that he messed up. That's why he went to yeah, a third yeah, yeah. party. Like he gave him a year, yeah, right? So and then up. he gave Tom Brady a couple years ago about the deflate gate. He gave him four games, and then he gave Ezekiel Elliott a couple years before that. Um, he gave him four games for pushing down some dude. So it's like, okay, you messed all that up. Dope. You go back and do what you wanted to do in the first place. And then now you're just kind of like, well, fuck. Yeah, that's why he went to a third party, so let it go. Yeah. But I don't want to hear it. I'm over it. I don't care. Over but I think six games is enough. I don't think he needs any more. Yeah. So that's just him. All right. Let's go to the rest. Well, not the rest, because we still have a birdie. What, dude? I'm going to do all, <laughs> all 40? Do the top NBA We'll be here all 50. night. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I want Dino Nuggets. Um... We are now down to 42 and 41. Oh, yeah, we're getting top 40. 42. We have Clyde Drexler, right? There we go. I read. You read. All right, Clyde Drexler. Clyde the Drop. Clyde the. What did they call him? Clyde the Glide? Clyde the Glide. Oh, my God. Clyde the Glide. There you go. All right, Clyde Drexler. It's a 10 time All Star. Five-time All-NBA player. He's a NBA champ. He's part of the 75th anniversary team. And he's actually in top 10 in steals. He's actually number eight. So, he's averaged... He's, for his career, he averaged 20 points, six rebounds, five assists on about 47% shooting, right? And I kind of do want to do a side note real quick on this top five, top 50, actually. And I don't know if everybody's heard it, or notice that I'm not doing a lot of stat stuff. I'm really focusing on their impact, the impact, yeah. their impact on the team and on the game. So I think stats kind of tell tell what happened, but they don't tell the full story. Yep. Because someone could play really great but lose. Yeah. So it's like yep. I don't I don't want that misconception. Um, but Clyde is one of those players that's been 
he got caught in the middle of like great teams. Kind of like how a lot of these players have been so far. You know, he gets caught between Jordan. You know, his first finals appearance, you know, he gets, he goes with Jordan. He goes against uh, the bad boys, Pistons team. Um, he averages about 26 points, seven to rebound, six assists on 54% shooting. But he loses. I mean, you know, it's, it's nothing bad about losing to Isaiah Thomas, who's going to be on this list pretty soon. Uh, Joe Dumars, Dennis Rodman. I mean, he's lost to a great team. You know, his second finals appearance was against Jordan. He lost that uh, two ser- two games of four. He lost. Um, he's going to, he averaged about 24 points, seven rebounds, five assists on 40% shooting. He had a lot of, Jordan, so a little backstory on that final series. Jordan was very dis. Jordan felt disrespected because they try to, I think the media try to compare Clyde to Jordan because they were both shooting guards. They're both shooting guards. I think they were both about six, 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 seven. And Jordan was like, dude, this dude is not on my level. What a guy. And I'm going to show him. And he torched him the entire game. I believe in uh, one of the games is the iconic shrug game where Jordan hit six threes and a half. And does the shrug on him. Like, oh, but I can't shoot, right? Kind of like mocking the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. <clears throat> and so Clyde had his hands full with Jordan the entire series. That's why his shooting percentage was so down. Because, you know, Jordan's matched up on him the whole game and just giving him fits. But the one that he did win in 95. So... Let's kind of backtrack a little quick. So, obviously, with the first two finals, he's with Portland. And that's where the team that drafted him, that's where they got him to and stuff like that, right? Obviously, he got into the finals twice, couldn't win. So, he ends up joining Hakeem Olajuwon and the Houston Rockets. Clyde was the perfect player that they needed. Because, yes, they had Hakeem, which, you know... They had Akeem, which is going to be, who's going to be on this list pretty soon, uh, not pretty soon, but he's going to be on this list down the line. But they needed another player that could go get his bucket that when Hakeem gets off the floor. And Clyde was that perfect player. You know, he could shoot a little bit, he could get to the basket, he could create some plays. So, and he could play lockdown defense because he was a great defensive player, you know. Judging by the top 10 in steals all time. Um, so in his third finals, the, the one with Houston, and he's playing against Orlando in the Shaq, in the that young Shaq team. Mm-hmm. They end up sweeping him out, right? 4-0. And he goes 21 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists on 45% shooting, which is not a bad stat line. It's not. Close to a double-double. But he was a different player. He wasn't the he wasn't the main guy anymore. He was the he's kind of the second player, third player, third best player on that team. But he was able to contribute in his ways. Clyde to me has always been kind of like like he's good. 
but I've never really thought that he was that great mm-hmm. until I really actually looked at his stat lines. And this dude was a baller. Like, this dude had to deer a lot because he had to deal with a lot of different teams. You know, playing in the 80s, he had to play against, obviously, Larry Bird, Magic, the Bad Boy Pistons, Jordan, Sidney Moncrief, the Knicks. Like, he had to deal with everybody. So, I understand it. And, yeah, so I got him at 42. Yeah. So, he's at 42. Uh, so let's see who's at 41. At 41, we have Gary Payton. Payton. Gary Payton. Payton. Gary Payton. All right. The Glove. That's what they call him. These nicknames. You like these nicknames, Josh. Stupid. You don't use them. I'm the Glove. I shoot them on my face. You don't like gloves, huh? No. <laughs> I shoot someone in the face, dude. What a guy. Oh, my God. All right. Gary Payton. He's the NBA champion. He's a nine-time All-Star, nine-time All-D- All-NBA player, nine-time All-Defensive player. Mm-hmm. He is the he was the ninety-five, ninety-six steals champ. He was the ninety-five decent defensive player of the year, and he's part of the seventy-five anniversary team. And so these averages don't do him justice because. He played later in his career, and you'll see, like, he was one and two in the finals. Mm-hmm. The same as Clyde Drexler. I forgot to mention that. They're both one and two in the finals. But you'll see his final numbers in those two, in his last two finals, and you'll see, like, the type of player that he was. But they say they got him at 16 points a game, uh, three rebounds a game, six assists on 46% shooting. But he was a lot better than that. He was about a 22, 23 points per game guy. Uh, he had a lot more assists because he used to, they used to have the, the tandem with him and Sean Kemp. They used to call that the Sonic Boom. Wow. Because he used to play with the Sonics. That thing was dope, bro. That thing was hyped. Sonic Boom. Sonic boom. He, it was the alley loop. He was like, here comes the Sonic of the Boom. That shit was bomb. No? No. You don't like it? No, dude. You're just hungry, dude. That's just a stupid. <laughs> so cheesy. <laughs> it doesn't matter, bro. Say it. Not early 90s. Still yeah. cheesy, bro. What a guy. You're a hater. <sighs> anyway, so Gary Payton has always been, he came in to the league and he wasn't known for his scoring. He was never been known to actually score, but he was a great, great defensive player, which, which nicknamed him the glove, where he'll growl you in, he'll make you snuggle in like a glove. Like That's basically what it was. What like guy. It was weird. I don't know why they called him the glove. And, uh, and his son is actually playing in the NBA now. He's actually on the Warriors team. He won the NBA championship. Um, they call him the mitten. <laughs> God, <dude. laughs> I would hate it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so his first finals run, right? You so, would have thought they would have called OJ that. <laughs> You're not wrong, kid. Uh, so for him in, in Seattle, you know, with that team with Sean Camp and um, Dilip, Dilip the Shrimp. I don't know what his name is. I forget his name. Some, that sounds some, good, dude. He's uh, Dutch. He's Dutch dude. I don't know. But anyways. So that team was actually not bad. Obviously, they made a finals. They made... 
Yeah, they made a finals appearance against Jordan in 96. Um, that finals, he averaged about 18 points, uh, six rebounds, seven assists a game on 44% shooting. But the thing was, and I wish they would have done this earlier, they actually switched Gary Payton on to Michael Jordan. And what ended up happening, what you saw was Michael Jordan's shooting percentage kind of go down. And they won two games like that. But Jordan kind of said, you know what? Let's just finish this game off and ends up dropping like 45 to win that game. To win game six. And I wish, I've always wanted to know what would happen if Gary Payton was on him earlier. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I just feel like Gary Payton was that impact player that you needed. And... You know, it's kind of like one of those what ifs, like if he was playing him the whole time, the whole series, you know, maybe things would be different. So that's his first finals, right? They end up losing his first finals, showing up. He didn't go, he doesn't go back for a while. He ends up losing to Houston, loses to Utah, uh, just can't go back. So he ends up going to the Lakers in 04, right? And they made that super dream team. You're talking about Kobe, Shaq, Gary Payton, and Carmelo. Yeah. All on one team. And, you know, they were supposed to dominate the entire West. They were supposed to go deep, playoffs, multiple championship runs. This was basically, this team was put together to give Carmelo a ring. That's basically what it was. And for Gary Payton, because they didn't have one yet. So... This was the four peat. I believe this is the four peat. This is for the four peat, basically. Like obviously, Kobe, Kobe and Shaq were on that three peat run, and they end up losing to Detroit in the gentleman's sweep, the four one. This was a huge upset. Gary Payton averaged a whopping four points, three rebounds, four assists on thirty seven percent shooting. So this is what I was telling you that he is a different player. He's not that same dynamic player that you see in the first finals or you see without his game highs where he's been dropping 34 or 27. He's not that guy no more. He's a role player now. But four points, you gotta, you gotta give me some more. His last finals is even more terrible. All right, so after that, he ends up going to Miami, right? He ends up going to Miami with Shaq. And he ends up getting that finals. So they end up winning that finals against Dallas. Now, that finals against Dallas was honestly because of um because of Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade has had the most perfect final series ever. But Gary Payton, you know, he had to help out a little bit with his whopping two points, two rebounds, two assists, and thirty-six on thirty-six percent shooting. So, obviously, he's a different player. But he wins that ring, so he gets his ring. Right? He helped out a little bit. He helped out what he did. His impact was always on defense. I mean, his has never been an offensive guy, but he's always been able to score. And that's what he kind of predicated, where I'm not going to be a shooter, but I could be able to score the basketball. And he was the first guard to win 
defensive player of the year because at that time it always went to like big men or wing players, but he was the first point guard to win it. Uh, so I got Gary Payne at 41. Obviously, I got Carly Drexler at 42. From here on out, these lists and these players on these lists are going to be varied and jumped around. Like, oh, this guy should be here early, or this guy shouldn't even be on the list, or whichever. Or maybe you think of these past 40, or 40, or 8, these past, what, 10, 10, 11? Like, you think that they should be able to, like, jump up or be better. Once you see these accolades that these next players actually get, you're going to see why I have players at certain levels. Because there's levels of things. And accolades and career achievements matter. Especially in the NBA in this sense. Um, But that is it for us. Yeah. That is it for us today. Um. Wasn't too bad of an episode, I don't think. Nice. Um, appreciate everybody sticking around and watching. I um, go ahead and rate us, give us five stars. You know, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, don't forget to send your, don't forget to send Brandon your questions and concerns. Sure. <laughs> you know better by now <laughs> uh, but no if you got questions and concerns send them to the views from sideline account or send them to mine I guess uh, or send them to Brandon I won't reply or read them they'll just be there <laughs> just be there yeah. the guy. but uh, Brandon I do appreciate you helping you me already out. know even though I do it against my will whatever bro anyways um, again rest in peace Vince Scully yes Rest in peace, Bill Russell. Bill Russell's. Uh, two legends of the game in two different sports, but legends in their own right. They're all dying, man. That's sad. You know, they're... All the legends are leaving. They are. Uh, but that is it for us. And thank you for checking out our views on the sidelines. Uh, I'm Andrew. We've got Brandon here with me. And I'll see you guys later. Later.